The clock strikes midnight. It's January 1st, 1999. It's the first New Year's since the late 60s that Auld Lang Syne has rung out across a peaceful Northern Ireland. On the continent, the euro becomes the single currency of the largest trading bloc in the world. Across the Atlantic, things are looking up too. It's the last New Year's Eve Newt Gingrich will spend as Speaker of the House. He'll step away from Congress and three days later to spend more time abandoning his wife. The economy's good. The dot-com bubble hasn't bursted. A hopeful nation turns its expectant eyes to the screen, the movie screen. And what meets their gaze is nothing short than miraculous. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's the take. Um, I, I don't know how to end it. I think you just end it. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of 100 of the top 100 1999 domestic box office gross income earners of 1999. It's episode one. It's number 100. It's music of the heart. I'm Sparky Shelton. I am Tino Mickens. And I'm Ryan. All right, we're off to a flying start. Just for everyone, just to really (laughs) make it clear for everyone back home, that name was made up by Sparky in the moment. (laughs) Um, That's uh, and I think we're gonna go for it. I think that's what we're gonna use, probably, right? I will never be able to repeat that sequence of words in the same order ever again. So we're not going to. (laughs) I think you would. I think you'd probably pass out. (laughs) I think. I think I would probably pass out from an aneurysm. Let's get into it, folks. Yeah, Uh, let's talk about this movie. The name is pretty self-explanatory, but we're going through the top 100 grossing movies of 1999. We've started with The Music of the Heart. Before we get into The Music of the Heart, I do have a a startling uh, bombshell to drop on you guys. There are multiple websites that will list something as straightforward as the 1999 domestic box office grosses. But there is a lot of disagreement between those lists. Uh, Mm. I have looked at three or four lists, and not all of them have this movie of Music of the Heart uh, at 100. I don't know. What's the other option? What's the other? Uh, Let me actually pull it up. See, this we're going to edit out. This, I don't think so. Um, No, we're leaving it in. Google will pull up the numbers.com, but I've always relied on box office mojo. No, we're uh, using the, the first, 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 first uh, result on Google. Which is good. But the second, but box office mojo says that we should have watched anywhere but here. And I, I, I wanted to run this by you guys because. All right, well, we already fucked up. Yeah, the fact that you have not told us about this discrepancy before recording is extremely, extremely rude. And I don't really know how how we're gonna move past that, honestly. Well, let me let me let me pitch it to you this way, because this is what made me this is what made me think uh uh of we should just use the numbers.com instead of boxofficemojo.com. Uh the numbers.com has being John Malkovich at number 80, while Box Office Mojo has Being John Malkovich at 101, which means that we would not have a Being John Malkovich episode. And I think that enough is proof that we should be using the numbers. Sparky, yeah, this okay. sounds like a conversation that should have been happened before. 
before no, but, recording, but I, and I, I want to get into Itzhak Perlman. But you know? I can, yeah. I here's the thing. I'm fine with that idea. Let's talk about this racist movie. Let's talk about this fun, amazing, great movie that I'm a big fan of. And to kick it off, so that people at home don't have to uh, pull out their own uh, fingernails. Let me take that again. Uh, and to <laughs> we're in the middle of recording. <laughs> no, we'll just restart the recording. It's okay. Let me get this joke. Yeah. And okay. And can we can we get uh, let's can get we, a sync, can we sync up? Let's yeah, sync, sync up, up, boys. Ready? And there we go. So to spare our audience of the indignity of watching this movie. I think we should summarize it for them, and I can think of nobody better to summarize it than Mr. Ryan Edelstein. Uh, do you want to do you want to give a brief synopsis of uh, of the movie we watched, Ryan? All right. So there's this mom. She's poor. Well, she's in the she's she's married. She's not married anymore. She moved to the inner city of East Harlem. Yeah, actually, made that Ryan, very just explicit. really quick, really quick, Ryan, could you just go through? Do you tell us what you remember about the photo slideshow from the beginning? <laughs> Oh, the greatest – I'm making a T-shirt out of this one. You can buy it on our website at uh, the100.com slash merch. All right. Um, um, <laughs> the thing that stood out to me the most was they, they, they panned over a, a delicious-looking plate of cinnamon rolls. Mm. And uh, I'm going to put that on a shirt with the title of this movie. I was okay. I was moved by the cinnamon rolls, but that's. Did that's you watch any? Did you watch past the cinnamon rolls, Ryan? Did you see before <laughs> the cinnamon rolls? Because I was asking you about this photo slideshow that I thought was very important and really interesting, and you didn't really give me anything about it. Tino, if we interrupt Ryan if he leaves out details, we're gonna be here for seven hours. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so fucking so rip it, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Um. So here's a brief synopsis. We got Meryl Streep playing Roberta. She is a mom. She's got the boys, Lexi and the other guy. Um, And she gets a divorce. So her mom's like, you need to get a job. And she's like, a job? And her mom's like, any job. And then she moves to the inner city of Harlem to teach kids violin. That's where the racism comes in. Uh, (laughs) Then she meets this guy named Brian. Uh, They bang. Then he moves away to, like, San Francisco or something, and she's still teaching. And then they just cut to, like, 10 years in the future. Brian's back in the picture. Oh, no, Brian's not back in the picture. We lose Brian. And then we meet this new guy who she meets on Craigslist. Uh, she gives him lasagna, and then I fell asleep. So, uh... I think you've okay. covered all of it, bud. Yeah, you got most of it. <laughs> you missed... You missed somehow the concert at the end. That one makes sense. Also, the concert in the middle, oh, you yeah. seem well, to have sort of blacked out about. You also missed the process of getting from the job to the concert, which constituted mm, an hour and a half of the movie. <laughs> okay, um, well, I, I, know I said her job. She works as a violin teacher in the inner city of East Harlem. Mm. Mm. Now let's talk about that, you guys. Do we want to though? Do I we really we want to? to? I Do think we at want the very to? least, I think at the very least, we have to discuss the one scene where she is in the car on the way to the school, and there's all the black people running around, and they're like, "Oh, I'm fucking crazy! I'm doing all this fucking crime all the time! Hey, get out of the way! I'm trying to walk in the middle of the street!" And she's like terrified. 
Amazing. I, I, I want to talk about that line because it was somehow offensive to black culture uh, and also Italian culture from uh, uh, <laughs> culturally appropriated. I'm walking here, which right, isn't yeah. actually Italian now that I think about it. I think that was about just uh, gay thing, people, yeah. right? Well, who was the first uh, race to walk? <laughs> right? That's, that's a, what I'm trying to think about. That's a provocative, provocative question, Tino. Thank you. My guess, the Inuit peoples. Mm. I'm not shocked you'd such say such a fucking couched PC bullshit <laughs> answer, Tino. <laughs> Just because they're cold doesn't mean they're going to walk. You know, I think you're the real racist here. I think if I think if you sat down, I think if you sat down for that long in the in the Arctic, your legs would get all cold and they might get they might freeze off. How about that? Can we talk about how this movie wasn't scary? <laughs> I, I think I think that that is a wonderful segue because this film was directed by drumroll Wes Craven. Yeah. This not only was this directed by Wes Craven, it was directed by Wes Craven in the time period between Screams two and three, and this is this is, I think my overarching uh, thought on this movie is, it would appear appear at first blush that Wes Craven took a year off of directing horror films to direct a inspiring heartwarming story of a white woman fixing Harlem. I would posit. That Wes Craven, in fact, did not take a year off of horror movies, and he, in fact, took a year on of yes. it, the most horrifying movie you could possibly make. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, no. Maybe for him. Maybe for his old white ass. You know what this movie is? What's that? The opposite of Get Out. It's the oh, exact it's get opposite. It is get, get in, in. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> get in here and learn some violin. Uh <laughs> <laughs> let's start at the beginning where let's go back yeah, to the we, sorry, rules, all can right? we actually talk about can we actually talk about um these these child actors because there are a couple things that i would like to discuss about these kids i also have some stuff to talk about these kids okay so listen listen we see these kids at two stages this uh meryl streep's kids of mm -hmm. course we see them at two stages the younger stage the older stage the younger stage one of them is played by a very very young version of the man who played will stronghold <clears throat> in sky high Oh, oh, Lexi? No, the yeah, other one. The other one. <laughs> Shit. Not I, Lexi. I, but, I, yeah, yes? I think what, my experience with these children, these these shitty, shitty children who I wanted to punch very much, mm -hmm. The <laughs> in the opening crawl, we see uh, Polaroids of this very happy family and this—, this uh, uh, honorable Navy gentleman who is the patriarch of the family. And it leads you to believe that the father is going to die and that is why the family is single. <laughs> In fact, uh, at the very end, Meryl Streep is holding the last of these images with uh, her, her husband and their friends, which she rips in half letting the audience know that he is fucking both of them. I think both of them, do you guys agree that it was probably a threesome? No, I actually really highly disagree with that, and I'm okay. slightly offended. Well, you know. I didn't make it that far in the movie, so. This, <laughs> this was in the first 15 <laughs> seconds of the movie, Ryan. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, 
Oh, oh no! Yeah. I thought it was just the one. She even said, "Your mom, your dad likes someone else more than me." And he's like, "Isn't is he gonna marry her?" And then, uh, Roberta's like, "No." And then she oh, just like cries, and I think they cut to the next scene. Mm. They do cut away from crying a lot, but in the opening crawl, I want to get back to this. In yeah. the opening crawl, uh, the name Kieran Culkin slides mm. past, um, and. In my viewing party, we played a fun game called Which One's Kieran Culkin? Oh, and, I knew it immediately. Well, here's the thing. Kieran Culkin plays Lexi at his older stage, <laughs> but there is a scene where the younger stage of Lexi walks out of, the, out of his bedroom with what can only be described as big Culkin energy. Major Culkin energy. Just the thickest bowl cut and just the the face of somebody who's cute but you know that nose is going to get into some blow at some point yeah kind of like a small ferret is what that kid (laughs) i think that's what he looked like can we talk about a the kid who's like playing violin is for wimps and then you do we see him again in the movie yeah, I think he's one of the ones later that like plays in the final concert. Were those people actually the students? I think they were actually the students. They you waited know, 10 they boyhooded that, us. They started this cons- in 1989. <laughs> no, Ryan. No, no, no I think it's Ryan's based right. on a documentary. It's no. <laughs> no, I think I think they boyhooded it. <laughs> the movie is based on a documentary, you guys. So they did not boyhood it. I think Which they is- did is that different from being based on a true story? <laughs> you know, I also thought about that quite a bit. Sparky, I think, and I, I'm I, glad you brought it up. I think they're just like allowing themselves to play in some of the liber- with some of the liberties that the documentary took. Definitely. And I think also, you know, the thing is with a documentary, it's from one perspective. So if a movie is based mm. on a true story, you really have to try to be like accurate. But if it's based on a documentary, you just go whole hog into that narrative. Speaking of going whole hog, let's talk about Dan Paxton. All right, sounds good. <laughs> this is the second love interest of Meryl Streep. Uh, I hit that one on the head. They met on Craigslist, right? Honestly, I just want to interject right now for a real moment of genuine, uh, genuine statements. This guy seemed very like a really great, gen- like nice guy. He seemed like, uh, like, I, like he could really take care of her. You know, when they came back from the date. Um, and he was like, hey, you know, I got to tell you something. And he was honest about losing the bet. And then she could be honest. I, I, that scene really touched me. I thought it was very sweet. His head was so fucking big. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even scan that entire scene. Because when di- – so, so let's, talk, let's talk widely about this, this storyline that inexplicably was included in the middle of the movie. The movie took a little break from the violins to show older Lexi, an older guy who looks sort of like Matt Stone, uh, putting a, an advertisement in the classifieds from the perspective of their mother just needing to get railed and the person who <laughs> who like answered that. the ad was a man named Dan Paxton and he walked in to their three-story brownstone that she bought on a substitute salary and <laughs> no said, that was her divorce money oh yeah oh the alimony alimony yeah. i didn't even think about the alimony they said that like five times 
And then you have Ryan, whatever, and he's like, I can't believe you bought this. And then she hired a bunch of ex-cons to fix it up, and then she she, fired them all. And then it just cut 10 years later, and the house was perfectly fine. Yeah. So he walks into this house, and he says, I'm Dan Paxton, which was, to my eyes, redundant. Because as soon as he walked (laughs) through the doorway, you knew that motherfucker was a Ron or a Dan. Mm. And boy, he delivered on that Dan Paxton energy. He really did. You know what I really thought he was going to say? I thought he was going to walk in and then go, oh, sorry, I actually am busy. I have to go star in Stranger Things. And then he was just going to walk right back out. Is that guy in Stranger Things? Is that actor? No, but he, he looks exactly like Sergeant Hooper, Hopper, oh, Scooper. Oh, sure, sure. Who's that guy? Sure. Mr. Mr. Oh. Cop. I think the zeitgeist generally fills in there. He's got a brown shirt. <laughs> David Harper? <laughs> You have a good point. Yeah, David Harper. There it is. David Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine David Harper, but just chunkier. Imagine David Harper, but <laughs> I think more... his name is Harbor with a B, not a P. I was kidding. I, I really said, don't care. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I, <laughs> these distinctions, man. You're really getting in the way of my my Dan Paxton energy. He looks like that guy from Stranger Things, but pixelated, and then they, like, Mm. it's like they pixelated a picture and then recreated him in, like, full res, so he's just a bit blockier, he's a bit chunkier, he's a bit more homely, a bit more dad. Yeah. And the... And he just, like, knows human Shrek, like... He's not related to him, but he does know him. (laughs) They are friends. They (laughs) they get mixed up in the street a lot. In the street of East Harlem. Exactly. Well, we touched on Dan Paxton. And, you know, the other... I feel like we haven't talked about Brian Turner enough. I would like to discuss Brian Brian Turner. Turner. This is the second love interest of Meryl Streep. (laughs) This man... So, what? They meet at the coffee shop, right? Uh, And they knew each other for a long time. Well, she's wrapping presents. She's a present wrapper. She's wrapping presents, right. Okay, so she's wrapping presents, and they've known each other from the past or something. He comes up... This man, this man's got a big forehead right off the bat. Oh, hundred percent. Pretty honking, pretty honking head. And uh, he, he walks up. She looks up from the Christmas boxes that she's covered in paper, and she says, "Brian Turner." She, as if this guy is some kind of high school hunk. She melts when she sees yeah. this man. And this man looks like you squashed him. <laughs> this this movie this movie had had one attractive male lead, and it was Itzhak Perlman. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> the lead. He cameoed. No. Mm, but I don't he know stole the that. show. I would say he with stole the, the show. Ass, I would say that. <laughs> yeah. Movie sucked, huh? Yeah, the movie was pretty bad. You know, I have a few thoughts. <laughs> I think that the movie really just felt like it was sort of like, like, it felt like it was based on a documentary because there was no, like, actually satisfying narrative. It was just, like, going between things that happened. Mm. Do you know what I mm. mean? There yeah. was no yeah. through line. I think one of the most confounding things that happened to me was they offered almost zero explanation of why she commanded the respect of the students so readily because 
sort of the sort of the message was that the school was failing these children and they weren't these teachers weren't believing in them and they needed a fresh take uh and the old music teacher was strict and yelled a lot and was highly critical and Meryl Streep's uh her strategy to to win him over was to be strict and yell a lot and be dissatisfied and well, offered. Well, yeah, Barton. no, she was pretty mean. <clears throat> yeah, but there was the other dude who she walks in and he's giving them all D's. That's the other music teacher, and he was a dick. No, he's not giving them D's. He's telling them to play the note D. He would know that <laughs> he was, was the writing, visual no, gag, no, no, no. you know. No, he was going C C C. No, C, I, I know. D, I remember the scene. D. I remember the scene. He, he was telling them to play the notes for sure. And he was but also then he was ri- also writing the letter D next to their names. It was a switch em up, Tino. <laughs> it was that fucking twisted Wes Craven humor. Wow. He, wow. he really does get you with that self-aware Hollywood shit. He sent you for a fucking loop. He had you <laughs> in the palm of his hand. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, I would I I would like to touch on these on her methods because I did not agree with them whatsoever. I think that very right off the bat in the very first scene we saw her teaching in, there's this kid. She she tells everyone to quiet down and have a seat, and there's this kid at the side drumming on his music case. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And she, she goes and she goes get out. out of my class. Yeah, she says leave. And my immediate thought was that kid's got the sparkle. Yeah, <laughs> that kid had I thought he was going to be the star of the show. Yeah, exactly. That kid was going to be your fucking Charlie Parker, and you just got him completely out of the world. Like, he's just, not even— Just, like, Japanese concentration camped him. Just pop, like, popped him—she needed a blood sacrifice. Whoa, what she whoa, needed. whoa, whoa. They did that. Whoa, They did that. Whoa, they whoa. did that. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm I'm not—I'm uh, sorry I don't pull punches on the Imperial Japanese Army. No, but—no, but why— but why'd you have to? Why'd you have to say that? Because they're was the so, ones that did it. What a tangential they were the connection. Ones that did it. Okay, Ryan, you got any thoughts on that? Would it make you feel better if I said German? Can we take it again and I can say German? Yeah, actually, I'm be honest, I need a... you guys to. I need I need Sparky to repeat the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need him not to. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Can we talk oh. about how they kill the kid? They kill the kid? <laughs> well, the, Wes Craven killed the kid, for sure. Did Wes Craven kill the kid, or did gang yeah, violence yeah, the, kill the kid? No, yeah, the, one kid, the one kid just didn't come back to class, and everyone was sad without their violins for some reason. And they were like, yeah, he's dead. And then, Yeah, and then, and then Ramon was like, I think we should just play violin. Remember that? And then it cuts to them in their house. Yeah, what's going on with that? <laughs> they didn't have violin, their violins on the stoop, which... I didn't notice until just now. Is there a rule where, like, out of respect, you don't bring your violin if a classmate got shot? Yeah, it's sort of like <laughs> it's sort of like pouring one out, but you just dump your violin out of his right, case. Right, right, yeah. yeah. The most confusing thing, I thought the movie could have ended after the first showcase, too. Yeah, well, then it would have been really short. <laughs> An hour long? It didn't need to be two hours. I felt like the whole thing was kind of building up to the last concert in, like, a whiplash-type scenario, mm. and I wish that there had been more of a dramatic thing there because it could have been great. The I, music was beautiful. I am really glad that you brought up Whiplash because I did sort of think that this was a Whiplash prequel, and I really like the idea of of one of these students going to uh, – uh, what, what's, the, what's the college in, in Whiplash? Juilliard. 
No, it's, it's not, not Juilliard. It's, it's um, I think it's a fake name though. Like it's like it's like something Shawson. conservatory. It's like, it's like yeah. Schaefer. Schaefer. Cuz he says uh, I didn't know Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell this joke um uh and I want you to bleep it and then everybody like reacts because I'm saying bad words. Okay. Um yeah, cuz there is that scene where where JK Simmons was yelling and was like I didn't know they let the Chaucer or what Schaefer. Remember is it Schaefer, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I'd like God. to see I'd like to see this movie, Music of the Heart remade, but instead of Meryl Streep, it's, it's J.K. Simmons. I, it's yeah, J.K. that would be absolutely fantastic. And I want to see Whiplash remade with Meryl Streep as J.K. Simmons, <laughs> and it's just, but instead of the actual remake of Whiplash, it's just two hours of Meryl Streep throwing <laughs> chairs at kids. <laughs> oh fuck, that'd be so good. <laughs> Naheem, get your fucking frog back in place. <laughs> and then they're all, all their hands are bleeding, and he's like, keep going. And then, you know, you know, it's really sad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tell oh, me wait, what can this you, Can you bleep that? Can you edit that last part out? <laughs> I'm not going to edit anything out. Oh, I said God. earlier, I'm going to keep Oh, editing. no. Oh, <laughs> like, no. You... <laughs> Do we want to talk about how uh, how this movie connects to what's going on today in today today's events? You know, there's yeah, no, there's that's no a, connection. That, Any connection? That that actually brings us to our first uh, the first segment that I wanted to discuss. Uh, I call it Milk or Merlot. Okay. Which is where we have to decide whether this the movie that we watch ages like a fine Merlot or curdles mm. like milk. I like that. Okay, that's is that burp part of the name, part of the jingle sort of. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have seltzer water now. and it bread. It is now. We're gonna we're gonna you gotta re-record that though. All right. Um. So I like this idea. Um. Let's talk about it. I'm gonna say it ages like a beer that's just been kind of sitting out from the party the night before. You know. You know that's that's okay. I guess that's the question. Is it? Can I pick any liquid that it's aging like, or does it have to be a milk or a merlot? Sparky did not specify the rules. I'm going out of the box on this. He one. did kind of, and I think you broke it's them. It's a but... fucking either or question. Yeah, that's what I thought. Idiots. Okay, well then I it's definitely I not fucking wine. Made it more simple. I couldn't have made it more simple. It's <laughs> milk or merlot. Yeah, but it's not milk, because I don't think it aged like milk. That's implying that it's just, like, the most disgusting thing that you could possibly you see right now. You can put in nuance ten... as you discuss whether it's milk or Merlot. I'm not saying it's going to be self-evident. Otherwise, the bit wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying there should Christ. be a spectrum, you know? Oh, Christ. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, this is some fucking milk, bro. This is a big old bucket of milk. This movie, <laughs> this is like if you just milk the whole cow, man. You get it all out. You don't even milk that. You open up the udder. What it. is that fucking voice that you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> what accent was that? That was just me being chill as fuck right now. That wasn't even anywhere, man. That was just me. I, I here's also a, think here's it is a game, milk. Sparky. This movie was budgeted at twenty-seven million dollars, and it only made fourteen point nine. Ooh, wow. dollars. Yeah, fourteen point nine million. Tino, <laughs> one person went to see it, and it was worth <laughs> Yeah, and he was well, terrified. Back, <laughs> back in the day, movie tickets were like three dollars, weren't they? Ooh, that's a very good point. Adjusted for inflation, this movie still oh. blows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm thinking I'm looking at this movie in the fridge, and <laughs> I think it's gonna be okay, you know. And I and I I'm like, oh yeah, that hasn't I haven't had that milk for that long, and then I pull it out, and it's like I I smell it, and I'm like, oh, uh, well maybe I don't really know what the smell of rotten milk is. <laughs> and then I pour my cereal into the bowl. It's Hershey's Kiss cereal. I just got it from the grocery store the other day. Wait, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is Hershey Kiss? Is it is it just that's a bowl of Hershey Kisses? It, yeah, no, it's it's a Cocoa Puffs type cereal. It's like sort of the Cocoa Puffs <laughs> class. Get out of here! Get out of here! Is it shaped into kisses? It's shaped like Hershey's Kisses. My point is, Damn. I'm pouring this. I pour the cereal into the bowl, and then I I open up this movie and I pour it out, and it's just yogurt. I mm, yeah. I am eating yogurt with my cereal. And it's not good, I can tell you that much. It does have but a surprisingly stacked cast. It does, and that's the thing. There's little bits of chocolate in there, you know. We've, I got the hish- I got the kisses. We've got Meryl. She's yeah. she is a consummate professional. You can tell this is not her fault. She no, was she, she was doing exactly what she was told to do. She was in the fucking zone. This is on Wes, I think. It's really on Wes. We've you know, also got we've also got Gloria Estefan. <laughs> you know that's not how you pronounce it, right? Is it? How do you pronounce it? Come on. <laughs> I would like you. I would like you to guess again. Gloria Estefan. <laughs> say wait. Say it again. I thought there was like a little catch breath between the E and the Stefan. Wait. Say it again. Gloria that's Estefan. The whole word. No, no, no. Ryan, shut the fuck up. Is it, is it just Gloria Estefan? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why I thought it was that way, but I guarantee that somehow it's Lin-Manuel Miranda to blame. All right. I, I'm going to throw him like under the bus. Propose, I would like to propose that it is Roberta Gaspari herself, <laughs> violinist, music teacher. It is her fault that this Ooh. movie sucks such ass. Ooh, that's a... Please, ex- please explain that to me. Listen, you know how Hollywood works. If someone's making a movie about you, first of all, first of all, okay, first of all, she already got the documentary made about her, okay? So yeah. she's already sure. in the public eye. And now she's like, okay, I want a movie of myself too. <laughs> That's a lot, right? Yeah. And you know how Hollywood works. You know, they bring people on as like, consultants i'm doing air quotes Mm -hmm. consultants and then it'll just be like they get to make all the decisions right right yeah so what if it's roberta herself and she seems like a bit of a stinker like i don't know her but she seems like i wouldn't like her is an incredible actress we know that that bitch was a bitch <laughs> it did. It did. Honestly, there were some affectations that you could tell that she hung out with the actual woman, and I don't have another point for that because I'm distracted. Because I'm gonna, I'm dropping a, a link into the Google Doc. I'm just dropping it in. I'm about to put you fuckers on on blast. I'm about okay. to 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 end your shit. So I want you to go ahead and listen to this video from howtopronouncenames.com. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to have to edit this in, right? Yeah, you are, because yeah. you're going to have to listen to it. So, Okay, I'm listening. Gloria mm-hmm. Estefan? Uh-oh. 
Shit. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, fuck. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, guys. Oh, oh, guys. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Did your asses just get blasted? Did wow. your asses get blasted? I have lived in Huntsville, Alabama for more than five years now, and did I just blast your ass with the Gloria Estefan pronunciation? By I'm the way, dancing. I just saw a picture I'm of J.O. Sanders I'm from dancing. 2009. Oh, he did not. He <laughs> did not age like Merlot. Yeah, I actually would love to talk more about J.O. Sanders. Who's <laughs> this guy? <laughs> Dan Paxton did not age well. Time did not treat Mr. Paxton well. He's got a pretty cool name. I've always wanted one of those names that's like with just two initials at the beginning. Yeah, sure. His middle name is Olcut. What? <laughs> what? What did you just say? O L C U T T. Excuse me. Oh my God. Oh God. J O K yeah. Sanders. Yeah, I could uh, okay. I could get you some new cuts off the lamb, but I got some old cuts in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What's his first name? J. J. J A A. J A A. His name is John Olcut Sanders. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he looks bad. What do you guys think are the best two initials to be at the beginning of your name? K.O. H. John. K.O. I mean, that's strong for K sure, right? K.O. Yeah. You, you have a built-in career. If your name is like... Like, imagine how many more points Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would score if he was Kareem abdul Jabbar. <laughs> K.O. Jabbar. Kareem Obdul. Kareem uh, O. Abdul. He's, o he's Abdul. Irish. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say O.J. I think that's probably <laughs> the worst one. I think maybe before the crime stuff that all happened yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, back yeah. in the day, before that, maybe it would have been okay because orange juice is very cool. But I think at this point it's pretty ruined. Or T.T. T.T. I like T.T. You know, the I think the closest I've ever come to having one of those initials type names is when I worked at uh, the hotel Town and Country, which we which all we actually all worked, worked at, at, yeah. at the time. Wow. Um, and I, yeah, the I was a I was a doorman, and the guys on the bell team all called me Big C. Wow. God, I love those guys yeah, so much. Yeah, Big C. Gloria. All right, can we can we wrap it up with this movie? Let's wrap it up with this movie. I think we should end with the ending. Uh, at the climax of the scene to raise three years worth of, of funding for this program that's been cut. They have Fiddle Fest was the name, um, which sort of buries the lead, I think. Because um, when I think Fiddle Fest, I think uh, four guys with no teeth playing. Uh, Why you gotta take it there? Why you gotta take it there? No, playing like in a basement, like under a Persian restaurant uh, in a dive bar. That's what I think of. Absolutely, and I think uh, in a second we should go back to the fact that this event at Carnegie Hall had a name like sort of a 1960s music festival. Mm -hmm. But also, mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that you just said Fiddle Fest and then said Four Guys, and Ryan immediately thought it was something about diddling a little. He said no <laughs> teeth. He I said, said no teeth. teeth. I said no teeth. So yeah, if I was going to an event called Fiddle Fest, right. I would probably bring my washboard mm, and mm. my thimbles i would want to mm. join in on the mm. energy mm. i would expect that it would be some sort of jam free spirit type thing but instead it was like 
a bunch of people playing Bach. Right. I don't want to be sitting mm. in Carnegie Hall with my washboard mm, yeah. and my high-rise trousers. I just sort of. I what? I think it would be embarrassing if I was going to go to Fiddle Fest. I would be embarrassed uh, getting stopped at the door because uh, they wouldn't let my big old pot of crawfish through the metal detectors. Yeah. Um, and 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 my jug. You know, I I, I wouldn't want want them to confiscate my my big old jug of moon of, of white lightning, you know, because yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, I'm going to yeah, go to a yeah. fiddle fest, Hey Ryan, what, what would you, what would you want to do at, if you were expecting to go to a fiddle fest? What, what do you, what do you think you'd do? All right. <clears throat> let me, let me, let me lay down my day at fiddle fest. All right. Okay. Please. <laughs> First I walk into the big, walking through the big fiddle shaped gates. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Got the smell of fresh, Fresh stained wood in the air. Just Can I ask the, what the, state this is happening in, by the way? <laughs> Ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> a real answer would be Georgia. Like a nice okay. little foresty area. You know? Yeah, like I said. It's not uh, too cold, ecstasy. not too hot. Am I right, it's a little guys? humid. You got the humidity. All right. All right. So, so you walk in through this giant fiddle. You smell the wood. Tell us more. Oh, you smell the wood. Oh, yeah. So... People are staining. They're staining woods. There's a guy. There's an old dude. He's 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 aged like a fine merlot, I'd say. He's crafting these. He's teaching a tutorial on how to craft these nice instruments. Huh. Not million dollar instruments, but you know, not DIY either. Then they're literally doing the right... it themselves. So what? by definition, if they're building it, it is DIY. No, but like <laughs> not like oh, I watched a YouTube tutorial for five minutes and I think I got it. It's like it's nice, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Then on your right, that was on the left. On the right hand side, you got a little stand selling little fiddlesticks. Okay, Love me cool. some fiddlesticks. Yeah. I don't actually know what a fiddlestick is, but I'm gonna <laughs> gonna gonna go with it. Um, I think it's a snack. I think it is a snack. I thought it was. That. I thought it was a, a an exclamation. Like ah. Oh, well, sticks. it is. Yeah, definitely it is that too. But I think it has transformed into a snack, and they would probably sell them at Fiddle Fest. Oh, it totally to is guess. a snack. You can saute them. Mm. I'm looking at spicy. They and come in all varieties. A fiddlestick <laughs> is the Baptist word for a dildo. So, <laughs> yeah, they say it in sermons all the time. Sparky, that's the stand just adjacent to the snack stand. <laughs> yeah, is the fiddlesticks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, then, then you got the main stage. The main stage. The main place where Itzhak Perlman will be doing his his uh. His uh his headlining concert for FiddleCon. Fiddle Itzhak it? Perlman <laughs> Fiddlefest. <laughs> Itzhak Perlman does every year we we always ask him to stop and every year Itzhak Perlman just gets up on stage. A stripper pole comes out of the stage. I don't know how he gets it rigged in there. It I don't is, know. It is where it shaped comes like from. a violin bow. I I think it's worth pointing out. Yeah, it is shaped like a violin bow, which is Listen, if anything, makes the, the, the following events even more impressive because he goes to town on that pole. He can spin around it like it's covered in absolute just 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 slime. And Some of that stain, you know? Some of that fresh stain. Yeah. And by the time he comes off the pole, he's covered in wood stain. They tune him up, play him like the fiddle. He becomes the instrument. And that's what Fiddle Fest is really all about, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's how Perlman really embodies the the violin, the fiddle, if you will. Literally, yeah, he literally does at the <laughs> end of Fiddle Fest embody it. 
the last point I want to bring up about the actual fiddle fest of the movie we're supposed to be talking about is uh, Brian Turner, the the uh, guy who screwed and flew um, Meryl Streep, comes back, and his presence is not addressed, and there is no resolution of his appearance. Um, and I think a loose end is a great way to end the this uh, episode. And end talking about this movie that you should definitely not watch. I'd say just play play a drinking game of how many times Meryl Streep exclaims the boys. Oh, I would say do a drinking game a of every time you hear a black person, but you think they're putting on a black voice. <laughs> even still, I would say take a drink. I think <laughs> if you're Wes Craven, you should take enough drinks to fall asleep and forget this movie. <laughs> I didn't need any drinks Craven. to fall asleep and forget this movie. <laughs> If you're Wes Craven, stop listening to this podcast. You have other important stuff to do, and I want where's to do Scream that. Five? I yeah, need Scream, Scream Five. Well, let's uh, let's preview next episode. Our next movie is Drumroll, please. Election, which stars Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. The IMDb description is: A high school teacher's personal life becomes complicated as he works with students during the school's elections particularly an obsessive overachiever determined to become student body president. I did not know Ferris Bueller's Day Off had a sequel. <laughs> he and would be a political operative. Oh, my God. Yeah. A great movie. 92% fresh. 92% fresh. Let's see if it lives up to the expectations. The genre yeah. on thenumbers.com says black comedy, and I really hope it doesn't mean what I think it means. <laughs> yeah, because we already, we already got enough of that from this movie, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, well it says it says its top black comedy is American Hustle and Wolf of Wall Street, so I think we're safe. And with that, we end the podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks for take tuning in. We'll catch you thanks. next week on the next episode of the 100 the top 100 99 top 99 the 199 best movies 1999 1999